What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is December 3rd. Episode 14, starting with our sports rundown, going into our wing review, debating go to the week, which is going to be a special little segment uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, then we're doing a Loris update, questions from the fans, and then finishing off with a drill of the week slash coaches. So that sports rundown, We since it was Thanksgiving break, we had a few um, athletic events this week. Our women's basketball won 88-72 over Central with full control of that game the entire time. They won 92-30 over MSOE. Our men's basketball team gave us a little bit of a heart attack a little bit at home, but they got the job done uh, during that week. They ended up winning 96-93. They had a little bit of a larger lead, but guess what? They got the they got the win. They got the job done. That's all that matters. They're undefeated in conference, so uh, that's a good start to both basketball teams uh, to their season. Uh, they're rolling. So uh, check out DoHawks.com for that week's schedule. Women are off to a great start. Are, are they ranked? They are. are. They receiving votes? Yep. No, no, no. They're twenty-two in the country right now. All right. right. That's awesome. Great start for them. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the next segment. Let's dive into this wing review. So this week we did the High V Market, and we got two different flavored wings. We went with what were they, Trent? Uh, barbecue and sweet chili. Barbecue and sweet chili. They did have their own little unique twist on each of these flavors. Um, as we go into it, uh, I will say that for my score, their highest value <laughs> in my opinion was their flavor. The flavor was pretty good, um, yeah. but. That's about that's about the only thing I would say. Well, okay, Dude, no. The size, the size of the wing. Might, yeah, size of the Cole wing. might be so mad at us. By Dude. The, end of this. So, the mean, size and the flavor were both probably I will, good. I'm going to give a great explanation about the size of these wings. Okay. So, you ever gone, like, fishing and, like, you catch, like, a bluegill? And, like, your standard size of a bluegill? Yeah, like yeah. small. Yeah, but you think of that as a wing. That I thing mean, is literally, like, three by three. It almost was like chicken breast. I mean, so I guess if that's if you don't well, like this had this had hilltop size to it. Oh yeah, for sure. That for probably sure. top hilltop size. I looked about I the same. I honestly don't remember that was fourteen weeks ago. Yeah, but no, I <laughs> wow, mean, I would put. Crazy. I mean, the size was higher, was bigger than hilltop. Um, so I mean, my I instantly so like again back to that kind of conversation we were talking about like the, uh, like the appearance. As soon as I like I opened that box, did, my jaw dropped. I looked around. I was like, holy crap! Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Dude, so the size got to me, so like that, that kind of right from the get go, kind of like put me in a good mood about these things. <laughs> so I mean, that might have tailored my like or hindered my scoring a little bit, but I mean, I enjoyed. To me, why it wasn't like a little bit higher or didn't like um, was the taste wasn't like an it factor. Like there was yeah. like they were all pretty consistent, like high and like. I mean, the meat was good, the size was amazing, the tenderness of the meat it could have come off the bone a little bit more but i mean like i had to take like a full bite of meat before i even got to the bone so i mean i gave it what an 8.1 yeah so i mean i mean the meat you're right the meat was all there there was a ton of meat on it they were huge probably i mean by far 
well, besides Hilltop, by far probably the biggest wings we've had. Um, but besides the size, I agree with Nick with the taste. The taste was above average. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides those two aspects, like it, nothing like blew me out of the water. I, I mean, I think the flavor of like the actual chicken was actually a lot better than you give it credit for. Here, here are my downsides to it. So there's two things I really dislike in wings. And one is when it, the, the flavor, like the sauce is clearly just like thrown on yep. separately, yep. which I can tell was the case here. And then two, when it, the skin slash like the outside of it is like soggy-ish. Like yep. I don't even know how to describe it, but I've had wings that are like that. And it's just to me, I don't like it. Yeah. I can I agree. I could agree. I if the wings were a little bit more like cooked and they were a little bit more like fried, I guess, they would be better. Um but to me I'd rather there be too much like this in case there's um, there's too much sauce mm-hmm. and it was thrown on, but I'd rather it be on this side of the aspect than not enough sauce and then you got to like dip it into uh, sauce and then ranch. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to dip it into more well, sauce, but sometimes I kind of like when like when the sauce is cooked on there, <laughs> beef is inconsistent. Beef is mean? inconsistent. <laughs> How am I inconsistent? You always, your first thing you look at is at the wing, you go, mm, there's not sauce on this side, there's sauce on this side. I disagree. No, I, <laughs> we're going to review the tapes on that one. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> here's the thing. I gave it a 5.9, all right? And I just didn't like most of the, about the wing. I, I the... The meat did not come off the bone. The it was kind of soggy-ish. It just didn't. The the sauce was thrown on. The size was good. The taste was good. So it was better than KFC. Better than uh, um, Casey's. In my opinion, that this might be third to last. Although I will say, like it will fill you up if you buy it. It's it's worth the money. I mean, it, yeah, it's a sure. good buy. It was eight. You got eight wings for eight dollars, and those wings. I mean, they're massive. Yeah. They were in retrospect probably like getting twelve wings for eight dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. For, for size. sure. For yeah. sure. Great great value. Yeah. But again, I just I probably would not like if I were at High V, I'd go to the to the Chinese part. Yeah. Over this. Yeah. Definitely. I think yeah, I think the size and the taste increased the score a little bit, but then everything else kind of just like fell off and didn't live up to the other two. So I gave it a six point six. I thought it was above average. I thought it was pretty similar to to me to like a jumpers or a shot tower um obviously they're two drastically different wings but i think overall the scores are probably pretty similar for me so the average the the i'm just frustrated because we broke down beef's (laughs) score and he was given so there was like five categories and originally he gave like three of the five nines or he gave a nine a 9.5 and a 10 I did not. yes you did I gave no you did it you gave it a nine nine and a half you gave an a a minus and the an a plus i just want that to be known so like if you're at a grading scale that's a nine nine and a half and a 10 and then you gave some that you're like which would lower it so i mean you touched a seven in your actual ones which i would i would have been behind but now you're just lying to i think people. it was close to a seven but i don't know maybe if i was hungrier yeah, he what just it, pounded about 12. Right, no, one, no one needs to know that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the average was what? A six point? Six point, what was it? Six point uh, seven, eight? No. What did I? I do know that, like, we, I'm, we like this it. wing review right here might come back to haunt me, but, like, I was in such shock of, like, the size. 6.87, sorry. 
Okay. So like the size and being hungry to me, so like the taste being good and like seeing the size of those wings, the initial shock. I mean, your eyes lit up. I know. Yeah, they were huge. <laughs> I mean, so six point seven eight puts it ninth out of fourteen reviews yeah. so far. So uh, lower half of what we've eaten. I'm curious as to the five that are below that. I don't know if I like. I don't know if I would put it in the lower half of. Just I'm looking at myself. Oh, I definitely. Would. I don't know if I would put it in the lower half. I think I would have put it right in the middle range of the wings. I agree. Um, I don't think it reached the top five. No, no way. There's there's like a legitimate solid top three right now. I think that we all can pretty Hilltop, much agree on. Hilltop, Hilltop first Seven Hills, First and Main, and Seven Hills. Yeah, yeah those yeah. are by far the top three. Those three. And if I think, you guys want to go get good wings, go yeah. go there so far. Yeah. I'm not even going to give a, I think of the place that I think is going to get in the top three. So we'll just wait for that week on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. The That'll sneak, be, sneak preview, yeah. yeah. We we all have an idea of where we're going to go that we think is going to be good. But we're trying to stay. In that top three. Yeah. Trying to stay unbiased here. But, yep. Um, all right. So next segment. Going to go to the week. And like I mentioned in the rundown, it's going to be a special month of go to the week. So the way that we're going to do it is you want to explain this, Trent? Yeah, so for for every episode this month of December, which I think should be four or five, we might have to jump into January if we run out of days. Um, we're gonna pick a decade of of music and pick the best musician, the goat musician out of that decade, and then we'll do so. Like we're starting off with the seventies. This week's the seventies, and then next week will be the eighties, nineties, and so on. Musician or like group, correct? Either, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Musician, group. Okay. D- Composer, I don't know I mean, if you're into yeah. all that. I mean, anything. Any music. Who wants to lead off the 70s? I'll lead it off. All right. So I'm going to pick the Rolling Stones, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's my favorite. I don't even really know the Rolling Stones that well. But just trying to look at it as objectively as possible, in the 70s, I think the Rolling Stones were the best band. They were founded or they were formed in 1962, and the height of their fame was actually probably in the 60s, from 1965 to 1967. However, they continued to see huge success in the 70s. Uh, their album, Goat's Head Soup, was number one in the U.S. and the U.K. in 1972. And for those of you that were around, you might remember their lead single, Angie. Um, and, you know, we actually might be able to play you some clips uh, yeah, we'll play. We'll play that. Just we'll pick one song from each musician. You get to pick. Okay. Your favorite, maybe. Yeah. If no. Let's. Uh, I think let's go with Angie, Angie? since I just okay. mentioned it. So, take a listen. This is uh, this is Angie by the Rolling Stones. Mine is uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, Stevie Wonder had, I mean, even to kind of break down his albums, uh, to kind of give his breakdown of his success throughout the 70s. During the 70s, Stevie released a total of eight albums, five tracks reaching the number one in the U.S. Top 40. Wow. Uh, He had a number one single uh, that included, like, uh, let's see... Uh, isn't she 
Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? You're the sunshine of my life. You haven't done nothing. I wish, Sir Duke. I mean, there's. I mean, they go on and on. Um, but in the from 1970 to 1979, he earned 12 Grammy awards of his wow. 22. So over half of his Grammys that he earned was in the 70s. That's crazy. I didn't realize how many Grammys he won or how many hits he had. I knew of like a couple. I didn't realize just how crazy. Uh, he actually was in in all those awards and everything. I, I had a middle school teacher that was like obsessed with him, and uh, I would always listen to Stevie Wonder in middle school because of that. And kind of like his, um, he had a huge impact on like the civil rights movements in the seventies. Uh, so he was just much much more um, with. And there's different quotes out there about he's saying that he didn't even know that he was at a disadvantage of being blind and black. Um, really. So like him being able to. For him, a lot of it was not like him meeting different people. He couldn't tell the color of like the skin clearly. Right. So he uh, like bringing those people together and saying like, "Hey, listen, um, I get to bring these people together because I he never judged somebody by looking at the book of, like the cover of the book. Right. He always got to know the person, and then that was kind of cool. And now he impacted not necessarily as an like an individual, but also with his music. So, what song would you pick? Isn't she lovely? I think the funniest part of this whole thing is like our parents are going to listen to this and be like, you guys are all like stupid. Like you guys should have picked this, this and this or whatever. Um, I'm going to go with Elton John. Um, That's a good one too. I, he's my favorite probably from that era. Um, One of the best selling recording artists of all time. He charted more than 60 songs in the billboards hot 100, including nine number ones. 60 in a decade. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. He was a five-time Grammy winner. He's inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. During the 70s? Well, no, he was knighted in 1998. But uh, Okay, so that doesn't count. Yeah. But, what do you mean it doesn't <laughs> nope, count? Nope, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's 90s Elton yeah. John. <laughs> but he was knighted for the work that he put out in the 70s. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> when was your song released? Was that in oh, the 70s? Man, I, I don't know. Oh, it beeps out here like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's that's that such is, a legendary that, song. Yeah. Um, but I find it funny. Like, Which song did you go with? I, I'm deciding between Rocket Man or Tiny Dancer. Oh yeah, both. I mean, great songs. Probably Rocket Man. But you Rocket have to. Uh, were those in the '70s? You got to pick one that was released I, in the '70s. I guess I should probably check. We'll check on it. All um, right, but if you do want to dive into Goat, and if you want to bring awards into this, twelve to five Grammy awards. I mean, that's not even close. But the you, Grammys don't necessarily mean everything, though. True, no, but if it is true. performer, who won? Doesn't they not do uh, decade? Do they do performer as a Grammy? I don't know. Uh, I actually don't know. I think they do performer because of the I'm decade? pretty because uh, what's her name? Taylor Swift just won uh, artist of the decade. Oh yeah, so for, maybe maybe it's a new thing, but maybe they did do it back then. We I guess we should probably look that up in yeah. the future. 
or um, look it up right now. What am I looking at? <laughs> Uh, see if they did a Grammy uh, for Performer of the Decade, because Taylor Swift actually just won it for... For the 70s. No, she just won well, it for no. this decade. <laughs> I know. I'm saying for you to look up the 70s uh, and see who won it for that, and then find what Ellen John, John song you want to play that was from uh, the 70s. Well, both were from the 70s. Tiny oh, okay. Dancer was 71, and Rocket Man was 72. Oh, okay. How many of I'll it? go with Rocket Man. I feel like that was a well, more of well. Yeah. Stevie Wonder, Elton John, great debate. Because they're very, they're, I mean, other than the fact that they're completely different in like their ethnicity and, and, and style their background of music. and where they're from, but they're both uh, piano musicians they and are. songwriters. But they do different styles, kind of within. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, definitely. But Stevie's like, they both, got more of that jazz kind of like smooth feel. They both feel. play a piano when they do like their concerts, yeah. and uh, so it's 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 a good way to it's a good debate to have. I think I think you could really argue for both. And then again, the Rolling Stones is totally different. Like it, uh, like all three are gonna have different fans, I think. Yeah. But you can all agree, like they made smash hits. Um, it's hard to say. From from what I can find, there wasn't a uh, an all-time uh, like a performer, performer of the decade. Um, but out of the '70s, Stevie Wonder won the most. Fifteen. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 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 the only like. So, unfortunately, I don't necessarily think... Like, the Rolling Stones is great, um, but if you want to look at, like, I guess, like, how you would judge music um, between, like, the Grammys and the number one hits, Stevie Wonder won the Grammys, but um, Elton John had more number one hits. So, yeah. I mean, you're kind of torn, but... What's interesting was back then you didn't really uh, separate the singles from the se- the albums. Yeah, because I you feel couldn't like back really. then like albums were like <clears throat> yeah that was it like it was just like who made the better album. So we could look into album sales. Yeah, we could. like uh, that would be something we'd look at in the future. Um, kind of see who who had the most album sales. I definitely know they they keep track of the sales per decade. Oh yeah, I guess um, overall I probably think Stevie's probably. A better piano player, probably. I don't know, so, man. Elton John. In, but in I the seventies, might be a better in the seventies performer. Because mm. performer, yes. But in the seventies, uh, Stevie Wonder won. If we're gonna say album was a huge thing, um, he was a three-time album of the year recipient of one of his Grammys. Hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, he was in '73, best rhythm and blues song, best R&B and vocal performance male, best pop vocal performance male, um, best rhythm and blue. He won the. I mean, has Stevie put out anything recently? A lot of his, uh, I don't know, but a lot of his, like if you look at it, were within more of like a three-year span. So 1973, 1976, he literally almost won like every award. Oh, okay. So he just was going ham during and those three through seventy three to seventy six. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see if it carried over into the eighties on next week's episode when we talk about the eighties. 
Uh, but in the meantime, I guess, listen to these clips, kind of judge for yourself, see who you think is uh, is the go to the 70s. I would love, I'm really interested to <laughs> see what like my parents think about this one. Oh, yeah, there's going to be all I think we need things. to put a Please, poll out. Yeah, we'll put a poll out on, on the Twitter. Yeah, good call. Um, good call. And see who will, who will win this one. And again, we did switch uh, the Twitter. Yeah, don't forget, at Loris Podcasts. Um, it'll be putting out all the Loris Podcasts, not just our Tuesdays with Nikki Cole. All right, that brings us to our next segment. And this week, instead of Loris Trivia, it is kind of a Loris update. Um, so kind of just to go into the Loris update kind of on my side, um, I, I mean, only being, uh, what am I now in, month like, I mean, I already feel like five, I've, six, I guess, five or six. Five or six. And honestly, I feel like I've been here for years. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I I know a lot of people. Um, I'm immersed in Loris athletics. Um, I'm getting to know professors. I'm getting to know more about Loris in general um, that I thought that I would art like I would be struggling with kind of. But I mean, literally diving in, I feel very much so like a part of Loris. Yeah, you're starting to get to know the local restaurants and their wing quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that but, might be only us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. I, I, I've only been here like oh, just barely over three months, which is crazy to think about of everything I've done in three months. Uh, I've, I've totally immersed myself in the college, learned a lot, met a lot of great people. Um, and now it's like we're in the heart of our, our season for swimming. So uh, there's, I got a lot going on, but it's, I, it's awesome. I couldn't ask for a better first three months. It's been nothing but great, positive vibes. Um, it's nice to be understanding what it's like to be in an off-season and being in-season, um, starting to get that off-season feel. And, I mean, another thing is is the accountability that each, every, like, coach kind of has. And, like, it's not necessarily in, like, a bad way of, like, saying, like, hey, you need to get, like, your stuff down. It's like, hey, anything that you need help with, like, recruiting-wise, anything like this, like, making sure you're – like, everybody wants everybody to, to succeed, so like they're everybody's asking how are you doing where are you at um, how are things going type of deal so like nobody's falling through the cracks uh, honestly on my side of things I don't necessarily know yeah what conversations you're having with different coaches but I know that everybody wants everybody to succeed no I definitely have conversation with the coaches when whenever there's an issue or something that's been brought up that I could use their opinions on uh, because pretty much everyone in our hallway that we have access to talk to easily has been there for a while. Um, at least four years for everyone else, and then a couple that have been here there for like 10-plus. So it's nice to go and pick their brains and kind of see how they would solve cer certain problems or navigate certain things. Um, and it's funny because sometimes I'll hear one thing from someone that makes a lot of sense and then uh, something from some totally different from another coach that also makes sense. So that's why I usually like to talk to multiple and kind of figure out which way I want to navigate it based I, on their opinions. Yeah, I agree. Mine's kind of uh, been two different like visit days. So like kind of putting together a junior visit day mm. in the spring mm -hmm. and then putting together a visit day here either um, once we get back or a little bit more into like the February. Mm -hmm. or late January uh, for those, like, last couple, like, seniors to get, like, those on campus. Um, That's crazy. For you, you, you think it's, like, the last couple well, in not, February? I, I mean, so yes and no. Um, it's going to be – I'm, I'm not sure because – so I'm used to Illinois being such a predominant, like, those kids 
they come back from like winter break and like it's big decision time within like the mm. month. Um, so like my Illinois ones, that'll be a big weekend, uh, okay. like the end of January, early February. Um, but Iowa, they're not playing golf until the spring. Uh, that's going to be a kind of, that'll a, change yeah. things for sure. Um, but I think that that's going to be more important for me to have a junior visit day too. Yeah. That way I have like, contact with them throughout the summer and then all the way throughout their senior year. That was the thing we missed coming in late yeah. was we didn't get to really contact the juniors. Uh, so that kind of put us a little bit behind, but I still think we had enough time to, to be fine, but, yep. but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Cause, um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of the same recruiting strategies that I used at Milliken, and it's yielding good results, but just in a different way. So it's interesting trying to figure out like Iowa and all, everything that goes on within Iowa and, and all of the states surrounding it. But yeah, mine's kind of, I mean, I've talked to, I've picked multiple different coaches' heads on like the visit day or like, because you have to talk to the individual because some don't like being kind of like spotlighted. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like them and uh, them going around campus and they would enjoy going through the experience with other people, other like high school seniors uh, that want to get to the university. They ask questions that are somebody might ask a question. They feel a bit more comfortable be like, ah, maybe I don't sound as dumb as or like, but there are no dumb questions. And that's mm-hmm. what like they kind of don't understand if they do come by themselves. Um, but then there's some that like I just I want them by themselves so that they can answer those individual questions and they do a little bit better one-on-one um and they don't feel like they like are one of a pack and they think that they're just a number um which i can't like express enough to any like recruit um that i do talk to is anytime that you come here if you're on the roster you're not a number so i mean right right that's my biggest thing and i think that in recruiting as a whole i think that's something that's pretty important is being able to find out what kind of individual and and how they prefer to to learn about something or like are they one to who really wants to get in campus really wants to get involved and um he wants to or he or she wants to go to classes and do all these things or if there's a more of a reserved high school senior or something um and i think that's one of the things that as you guys grow in your coaching years and careers that you'll be able to kind of tell based off of your first interactions with a student in high school how you could handle each person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for our, for our update. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy beginning to our career here. We've been doing this podcast for 14 weeks. That <laughs> just blows my mind. Yeah. I have an update for you guys, actually. So it was brought to my attention by one of our, uh, one of our two uh, strong listeners, uh, Neil Bingham and uh, Tyler Garrison. They were oh, yeah. uh, listening, yep. and they, I <laughs> somehow found false information that Hennessy Hall is not the oldest building on campus. <laughs> what is the oldest building? Do you guys have any other guesses? They told me because I actually ran into them and they told me the same thing. And Did um, they tell you it, the right one? Yeah, it, w- it was the other one that Hoffman. you were. Yeah, it was you were it debating was, yeah. between Hoffman and Old St. Joseph Hall. Old St. Joseph Hall in 1878. Old St. Joseph. So is that? It's that's Hoffman, Hoffman Hall. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the oldest building. Yes. So what were they doing before that? I don't. I mean, I for I what I like know. thirty years or whatever. When it was? was that? Eighteen seventy-eight. And the college was eighteen thirty-nine. Yeah. So what were they doing for forty years without hey, a building? Again, Maybe it's a I'm hall just... that like 
it's not here, and that's oh, like the right. longest right. one. That's yeah, still that, you're right. Longest standing building. Well, I guess that makes sense. It, no, I don't. I don't know because like Ball Hall, I see Ball. Have you guys heard of Ball Hall? It was like the old gymnasium. It was actually down by. I love the name for that. <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah, great. B A H L. But yeah, oh, okay. um, it's over actually down by the Lynch McCarthy apartments. Um, but that was torn down. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's got to probably be. Standing. It's for sure. Yeah. It's for sure got to be a building that's just not here anymore. I guess. Otherwise, Maybe I should find out. <laughs> otherwise, what were they doing? Like, oh, let's go meet by the river today and go over <laughs> our stuff. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's it for the updates. Um, now let's dive into uh, questions from the fans. All right. We got some good ones this week. Uh, first one, I actually really like this one. It's pretty, it's pretty difficult to think about. If you could live in any house that was in a TV show or a movie, what house would it be? Instantly, the first one. I, I mean, I'm gonna, we're going to debate this, and I'm going to have another one by the end of this. But the first one that pops into the head right away for some reason is Mr. Deeds. Oh, when yeah. When he like, yeah. gets his grandfather's <laughs> mansion, and he has like the butler, and like he slides down the stairs, yep. Yep. and he has the echo, and he's like, hello, hello. And then like he has the old man, and... I forget exactly what he yells, but, uh, I mean, that scene to me and, like, all the different things, he even has a, a fountain that has fruit punch. Um, yeah, so. actually, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. That <laughs> might be my no, answer I also. have no idea what you guys are you, you, when was the never last time you seen Mr. Deeds? I have no idea. What is you, that, a movie? Oh, oh it's Sandler in his prime. It is. It's literally, really? maybe You've a slightly never past seen his prime. Mr. Deeds. No. It was slightly oh, past his prime, man. but a great, great movie. We, we need to watch it. Put okay. that on the list <laughs> of movies to watch. You haven't seen Mr. Deeds. No. <laughs> it's really funny. Huh. TJ, if you're listening. A no. It's real, real life. It's Adam Sandler. Yeah. Come on. TJ, now. if you're listening. <laughs> I'm sorry for, T- for Beep over here. He yells at me a lot to see some more movies. <laughs> so that was, that, that's um, the only thing I mean, you guys no, can think of? Uh, no, but I mean, that, I mean, literally. I mean, I don't know. You got to watch it. I've it's actually, ne- I've never even heard of this movie. <laughs> oh <my>. How? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what's it, okay, what's I yours? Was, so I had two. I was thinking of Smart House. You remember that? Ooh, you know, yeah, that, but the, the robot was evil. Wasn't yeah. It? And they I got mean, rid yeah, of technology. But, yeah, but at, but it's still a sweet <laughs> house if it actually worked. Think about it. It didn't. I mean, well, your, it, your it apartment did. right now is pretty but close. But it didn't. <laughs> Shout out J-O-B. <laughs> <laughs> or like... I was thinking of like Iron Man's house, you know? Yeah, Ooh, Iron Man's house would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty that sweet. Is good I agree. One. And all the technology there. Yeah. I was thinking imagine? Batman's house. I yeah, was too, but it's like. It's kind of like a spooky, like, it is the mansion. Spooky, yeah. I mean, and it's like, yeah, a lot of like hidden stuff. Yeah. yeah. Watch Mr. Deeds. I mean, it is awesome. <laughs> Literally, the kicker for me is the Hawaiian Punch fountain. Literally, yeah. he rolls out of bed. Yeah. Fountain. All right. This might be a quick one. Is it GIF or GIF? I mean, I know the answer to this. My, I say GIF. I mean, if you're a, if you're trying to be correct, I think it is GIF. Yeah, it is GIF. But do you say GIF? I don't know. I he mean, does. I do he said say it earlier. I, I know say people GIF. say GIF a lot. I do say GIF sometimes. But why do you say GIF? It's with a G. I don't G, know. GIF? I mean, I could I G. Yeah, why do you say how giraffe? Do you, how do you? That's with a G. Touche, touche, touche. I don't know. The English language. Why do you say giraffe? Yeah, I mean, you could go either way. Yeah, it could be All a G. Right. Or but a, I think it's GIF. No, GIF. <laughs> <laughs> yes, got I think it. it's GIF. Yeah, Let's replay that clip. With me. <laughs> <laughs> but we were actually just talking about in the car. There should be a GIF for literally everything, and there's not. 
And that's what makes me mad. They're, well, they're slowly building it up. I mean, yeah. The is library big, keeps I growing. Can, can you make your own gift? I mean, you can. yeah, you can. We actually is have a easy? Loris College gift channel if you want to check it out. Is it easy to make your own gift? I GIF? mean, I, I guess it depends what you're making a gift out of. I mean, I'm surprised there's not an app for it. You can make a GIF, yeah. I mean, there yeah, is I've an app, made GIFs multiple times. Like, you can make a GIF with, like, any series of photos or video. Oh. You can well, do one from like, YouTube videos. I've created them before. See, oh. I guess I've never done that. Hmm. But you just take, like, 10 seconds, and then it oh. just it converts it. Hmm. All right. All right. All right, man, we're back with the decades. If you could travel to a different decade, future or past, what era would you travel to? Oh, man, this is I wish I would have been prepped for this question. <laughs> I have no clue because um, there's so many that I would want. Just one decade. Uh, I guess do you, you don't have, have to, to pick a decade. Do you have to stay like, there for the whole decade? What, I think you're thinking this too much. No, no, no. I'll give, I'll give visit, you three Three years that you can go to. What would your three years be? If you could choose, no, or like three years. Specific. Okay. Well, like within a decade. Like if you could choose three decades, I guess, or like a two-year span that you stayed there. Just do like an era, like around the time frame. It doesn't have to be a specific decade, but like. And you would. Would you rather? Basically, the question is: Would you rather go to the future, the past, and what? And what part would you like? If you're going to the past, or if you're going to the future? I definitely would be way more interested in going to the future. I I know the past. Yeah, but textbooks. I've, I, you think you've lived, like, I've heard so many good, th- I'm going back, I'm going backwards. <laughs> I think I'm going back too. What? Just because I honestly Dude, I don't mean, literally, know what's coming. I want to know, it would be crazy. No, because. Could you imagine if you knew in the future. What was going to happen you to and you can't change and it? Live and you couldn't do anything about it, you couldn't tell anyone about it. Well, that's, that the, hey, wait, that's, that's the biggest debate about time travel is, can you or can you not actually do anything about it? Is it inevitable, or can you change it? That's the question. Oh, we're getting deep. I mean, look, that's (laughs) that's a real question. If I went to the future and I saw that it was terrible, would I be able to change it by doing certain things? There's some conspiracies. Yeah? You're a big conspiracy guy. Um, so the young lady right now that's talking about the climate change. Yeah, I was just Have talking about this with my family. Have you seen that conspiracy? Yes, it's crazy. Have She's a time the... traveler. She is. Have you seen the picture? No. Identical. I have no to idea. This there's, lady. A, there's a there's a picture of her from like way long ago, and then her now obviously doing these. The, she looks exactly the, the same. same. Hair braided the to a T. It's pretty crazy. You got to look. You're it gonna up. have to show me this picture. Yeah, yeah, it's mind blowing. And the other one. What's her conspiracy though? Talking about the climate change and like how she's she's come to the future, or whatever, to uh, warn us it. about climate change. You mean she's come from the future? Well, I guess she's a time traveler. This was a picture of her in the past. Yeah. So yeah, I guess she's come from the future because she's been all over the place. Right. So like she has identical because she's been in the past and now she's come here. So there's no telling that she hasn't been to the future right. and now coming back. I really hope. I really hope that this is actually true. <laughs> that she there's actually another is a time one traveler. about time traveling. <laughs> is that there's like a CIA agent. With holding like a modern phone of like a flip phone in like the fifties. Oh, I've seen that too. I've seen that too. It's caught it's on. Crazy. Yeah. The so more funnier, a uh, funnier one is Keanu Reeves is a time traveler, because like there's a bunch of pictures of him the looking the exact same age. <laughs> also, The Simpsons. How many things they've oh, got? They've predicted they've, a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That they, is always crazy. They like predicted. That, yeah, like, they've predicted happens. a lot. That is nuts. Although, like, The Simpsons have been going on for so long, and they have so many different plot points. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, you can pick something. 
pointed that out. That made sense. Like, yeah, but some of those are like pretty specific. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I agree. It's fun to entertain those kind of time traveling uh, conspiracies. We just need to watch like Interstellar and I love and Interstellar and Inception. Both movies are great. Both have Hans Zimmer as the composer. Yep, greatest composer of all time. Yep, definitely. Have you never seen either, Cole? What? In- Inception. I've seen Interstellar. Have you seen Inception? I have not. Oh man! Right. So I mean, talk about a Inception might blown. be a top twenty movie of all right, time. No, I get that. Oh, for me, so yeah. I can't really might knock you too much 10. for seeing Mr. Deeds, but Mr. Deeds <laughs> has been around for longer than Inception. But so mine, to be honest, since we like, especially since we're on that big like music kick, <sighs> dude, if you've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, like, dude, that. I dude, hey, I go hey, back. Hey, 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 hey. Wait, which era? That's next week. That's the eighties. Okay. Yeah, you go back I to the eighties. No, no, no. Only one I'd go, I'd go seventies. That's only two decades. Yeah, that's you fine. Were I'm like, I still enjoy technology, so like, I couldn't go further back in like being in a horse and buggy right. and stuff like that. So yeah, like, I can't true. go too far back. That would be difficult. But I mean, if I'm at this age, I'd rather go back to the seventies, enjoy that like time, than to go in the because I don't really want to know. Like I, the future. Kind of I want to go way in the future. Like I want to see like a thousand years in the future. See, because wow. then you flirt with it. Because I just want to see. What if like, we're like? That's the thing. I just want to see if we're still the there or not. And if we are, just imagine how crazy it would be. I mean, yeah. How what the heck is going on at that see, time? Ah, Who knows, dude? The future. I would love like, it. Mm. It could be the Matrix crazy. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we might be in the Matrix right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's all true. Right. <laughs> all right, last one. Uh, Here's serious. We're getting serious in again. Um, when or like, was there a specific moment when you guys realized that you could become head coaches or like your goal is to become a head coach? Like what? I mean, either whether it was a student athlete or as like an assistant coach, when did you kind of, when did the flip kind of switch and like you realized that? You yeah. So coach? for me, that's two different answers. So the first part is like, when did I want to become a head coach or when did I realize that? Uh, as soon as I started coaching swimming, I started, I realized like, this is something I, I want to do. Um, and it became a reality when I started coaching at the college level and I realized, okay, like this is something I really am going to pursue. So pretty early on for me. Um, but when I realized like I could be a head coach or slash, I felt ready to be a head coach probably actually was, um, last year. So I uh, like never I needed to get through a few years of being an assistant to really see how things worked behind the scenes at the college level. I had I feel like I have the knowledge of the sport itself, but it was like the the day to day running of an operation tied in with like a higher level education, how things ran with that. Once I once I was able to get used to that and, and see how that worked, then I, I felt ready to take that next step. So two different answers for me. One, I knew that I enjoyed – I've always enjoyed coaching. I've enjoyed the coaching aspect, so I always knew that I would at some point and sometime be a coach. I didn't necessarily know it would be golf. Um, so, like, it, that came at the same time. Um, I was a huge kind of – I felt like a, a kind of a player coach when I was a senior on the team, kind of having some, like, leadership roles and kind of, like, having some of, like, those goal, like those roles that I have, like, as a coach now. Um, but then it all kind of clicked – so, like, we kind of had those uh, similar experiences where we wanted to do, like, personal training. We mm-hmm. didn't necessarily know. And then uh, we were like, you know what? We we want to do the coaching side of things. So, like, mine was that first year. Um, I wanted to go out to Arizona. Wanted to go out there, do the personal training thing. And then just building the relationship with the different players. Like, understanding the impact that you make 
uh, in their lives and having that kind of like that communication, having that connection and being able to help them both with their future um, and with their sport uh, is such a huge and rewarding factor um, that I didn't realize uh, until I was in my second year of coaching because I got to see some of the kids that I brought in and then how I impacted some of the, I, I mean, it was a unique experience because I got to see how I impacted players as a teammate and also being their coach and then all new. So I saw it being a teammate, being their coach, and then being like a brand new face of kids as well. Mm-hmm. So I got to see all aspects when I was at Milliken. And once I kind of saw that in my second year, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And I remember like a conversation we had. We actually kind of had a conversation like this at Milliken. Um, we were sitting down. I think it was me, you, and Zeller. And we were like about the how like being head coaches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because he said he's not ready. Um, uh, and yeah. uh, he's like... He's a he's gonna be a heck of a coach. He does yeah, know, and sure. he was he's a hard worker. I was like, shoot, dude. I mean, shoot for the stars. I mean, it's okay to make mistakes as like a coach, like, but go there. I mean, everybody has that drive. We're young. We have that drive. We know what we want to do. Um, so, being able to have the experience that I had at Milliken and knowing that I could do it, um, I mean, it was just a leap of faith and just hoping that I don't fall face face first when I do it and right who knows I mean I'm in the first year um a lot to learn yet but I think with the different coaches asking the right questions um uh, being vocal and not necessarily doing it on your own is a huge thing on how you're going to be successful yeah for sure I agree that was good all right that was all the questions that we had um don't forget you could uh, shoot us a dm at loris podcasts uh if you want to ask some questions or talk to us in person show of the week Go ahead, Nick. All right. So as I said earlier, um, I'm not a huge believer in traditional swimming drills. I uh, I usually will create drills based on what I see is needed for each specific swimmer. Um, and so this week, I'm going to go over kind of my own version of what is called six kick switch drill. Um, and that's a drill that's been around for forever, um, but it's always done pretty lazily and people don't do it correctly a lot of the time. So I'm going to add a little bit of a variation to it. So what I want you to do basically is when you're swimming freestyle, just do this one length at a time. The idea is to take a stroke every six kicks. And then I want you to focus on doing it in a very specific way. So here are my changes. I actually want you to switch it to eight kicks because generally when you do eight kicks, you probably will actually do six kicks. Um, most of the time people will do less kicks than they realize or what they think they're doing. So do it eight kicks so that way you're really trying to focus on lengthening the time between strokes. And the whole point of the drill is to focus on your pull. So do eight kicks, then switch, then eight kicks, then switch. And I want you to focus on one arm at a time. And what I also want you to do is add a snorkel. So this way, when you're uh, when you're wearing a uh, training snorkel, which is a very specific type of snorkel made for swim training, um, this keeps your head in the right position. You don't have to worry about breathing, and your body position can stay nice and neutral. And that way, you can really focus on the pull. So you're doing eight kick switch with a snorkel on, focusing on good body position, and focusing on each pull uh, one at a time. Now, on top of that, once you do that, I want you to focus on specific parts of the pull, uh, aka the, the thing that I really want you to focus on would be uh, an initial high elbow catch. 
So what I think about having your hand placed flat on the surface of the water to start your pull. And then what I want you to focus on is getting your elbow higher than your palm pretty much as soon as possible. So that basically your palm and your forearm and the basically your tricep, I guess, or on maybe it's your really your, your whole upper arm, the back of it is going to be facing um, the your feet. And you're going to be basically pushing the water towards your feet. So really kind of the swim pull really actually is a push, um, but it's really not called that. Um, by a lot of coaches or people in general, but it really is a push. You're pushing yourself down the down the length of the pool. So that's my drill of the week. I know a little bit complicated, but um, th- that could really actually help you a lot if you do it correctly. I know I've already <laughs> became a better swimmer after listening <laughs> to these because uh, I haven't gotten in the pool necessarily to try the first one, but I already know that was that's going to make a huge difference. And now even thinking more about how I swim in a stroke, <laughs> I was thinking and literally watching him do this. And I was like, oh, my, <laughs> my technique is terrible, um, which is funny. But uh, we'll go into the, the golf. Um, we're going to keep it on that short game. Uh, still focusing on that putting drill. Um, this one's kind of simple. Um, kind of get things aligned first. Uh, we want that ball centered in the middle. So we want to make a cross with either two yard sticks, uh, two alignment sticks, whatever you got, kind of laying around the house. Uh, we want that ball to be either in the middle or slightly to the front. Uh, we want to take a golf ball to make sure our eyes are over that ball. If we don't have a mirror to place, uh, you want to place a ball right in between your two eyes and then drop it. If it doesn't hit the ball, you're not in the correct position. Uh, also, to kind of go off of that, to help with the putting stroke, uh, you can take any flat piece of wood. Uh, placing that ball about an inch or so away from that wood, uh, being helping you drag your putter along that, making sure you have a flat stroke back and a flat stroke forward, um, is going to be the drill of the week. So to kind of help with a nice training aid, anything that you got laying around the house that's flat, uh, surface, a piece of wood, two by four, whatever you got, that's going to help you out, and then making sure we're in that same position each time. Trent, I think you could use that drill. Yeah, I really <laughs> think I could use that drill a lot. Is it you that, that putting is your easiest, biggest weakness? I feel like it Jam. is. No, I think it's more of gym. Oh, okay. I don't remember who I'm it not, was. I, like, I could hit some putts. I wouldn't. I, like, or I'm Nuge. very inconsistent. Oh, Nuge it might have been Nuge. It might have been Nuge. Not it was me yeah, Nuge and Nuge, Nuge that we putter. played with. Yeah. It was Nuge because he couldn't putt to save his life, but yeah. then he made like a 60-footer. I can't yeah. wait for Nick to be around for the wrestling outing. Yeah. That I know. I missed it when I got here. Come here earlier. <laughs> yeah. Let me just rewind. Let me time travel real quick. I wish I could. Quote of the day. A year from now, you may wish you had started today. Explain that a little bit. So basically, um, you know how you always push off like different dreams and whatnot, like, oh, I'm going to start this weight challenge. I'm going to start eating correctly. I'm going to do it. A year from now, when you haven't hit, reached your goals, it's because you didn't start today. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I, that really ties into something I say all the time is like, you should maintain that day one mentality. Usually when someone does start like a new thing, like, all right, it's day one, I'm ready to go. And day one, you always crush it. But then after that, it, that's where it starts to fall off. So I'm like, okay, maintain the day one mentality. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. Catch you next week.